welcome to Keeping It Real, a bluffer's guide to Sydney Film Festival. Hi, my name is Felix Hubble, and I'm a programmer with SFF. We all say we don't have our favourites, but in this episode, Melbourne Pro Estos put our youngest programmers, Claire Cowell, Paul Madarecki, and Justin Mudnuk, on the spot. She asked them to name their favourite films at the festival, and also offer a few hacks for navigating what can be a pretty busy two weeks. I've missed hanging out with them all so much that I couldn't resist jumping in on this conversation as well. I'm Melba Proestos and I'm a program advisor at Sydney Film Festival. Now, every time, you know, a festival comes around, everyone has their own approach, a way to navigate the program and choose the films they're going to see. And today we're going to talk with some of the other program contributors and I'm going to put them on the spot and ask them to name their favourite. And aside from that, we're going to get some insight into their process and maybe a hack for the festival as well. thought a good place to start would be to talk about our first festival experience, the first time we came to Sydney Film Festival, how we heard about it, how we made the decision to go and then what it was like stepping into that venue for the first time. Paul, you you were involved with AGNSW and the screening program there. How how did you come to Sydney Film Festival and what was your first experience like? I mean, there was an appeal to go to the festivals, but there wasn't as much of a big of an appeal until... 2019, uh, that was my first time going to SFF because they had um, Parasite, which had just come out, mm-hmm. and they had uh, the Q&A with uh, Bong Joon-ho, the filmmaker. So I thought, like, you know, that's definitely worth it. So I was there to watch the movie, which blew me away, but what I really stuck around for was to listen to one of my favourite directors of all time. So that was really worth it. I think that's what makes a festival special is that you can actually get to meet your favorite filmmakers or just to hear them talk in person. So yeah, that was amazing. I really enjoyed that experience. Yeah. It's the access to the filmmakers themselves in these really special locations, that kind of community experience being surrounded by, you know, friends and other like-minded people. Actually, uh, it's funny, Felix and I actually met at the festival through some mutual friends and we became very fast friends after that. Absolutely. um, yeah, what was your first experience like, Philo? Well, look, at the uh, risk of aging myself and <laughs> sounding like a broken record, uh, the first uh, film I can remember clearly going to at the festival was uh, Todd Solondz's Life During Wartime, which was also at the State Theatre. Um, I think I was a few days too young to actually go, um, <laughs> but managed to talk my way in. Um, and yeah, just absolutely incredible to see films in the State Theatre. And of course, that sense of kind of community that builds around Sydney Film Festival is something I've kept close to myself over the unspecified period of time since uh, I first remember going again, not to age myself. But um, I think that there's nothing really like the community you get around a film festival because there's always film community stuff going throughout the year. But when it's the highlight of the year for every single person in the film community, in these theatres like State Theatre, you never get to see movies at. In uh, seeing some art house films in George Street Cinema's biggest screens, there's really nothing quite like it, I think. Yeah. I mean, we're we're really lucky that we're going to be able to have an in-theatre festival again. I think everyone was hoping and praying, sometimes against hope, but it seems like we're here now. And the program's been released. And I don't know about you, but I tend to have a kind of program day sort of a ritual 
Mm. Um, you know, I kind of sit down with the program. I'm quite meticulous with the way I select my sessions. I usually go into it with a bit of a wish list. What do you guys do? Talk me through that. Claire, do you have a plan on, on program launch day? No, I'm very like slapdash about it. <laughs> like, I think I, I start second guessing myself because everyone's like, I, like my friends are like, I really want to see this. Like, let's go to that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> or I get anxious that things will sell out. So I just buy a ticket. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, I, I, I just kind of, yeah, I, I think it's such a sprawling program. So usually I just like click around. Um, like I usually look at categories that I like, like the queer category. Or animation and like yeah like directors that I'm loyal to things I've heard about that kind of thing yeah <laughs> so whatever like my gut's saying and like whatever works out time-wise yeah no, that's kind of a more organic approach which is not what about you Paul what do you do I usually just like to just I like to surprise myself like just to pick a random thing and just go watch it like not read about it or just sit in there which is risky it's kind of a risky business <laughs> but then this year there's definitely some things that I want to watch because you know, like Claire like there's some people that I am loyal to so I really want to watch Dune and I'm really happy that the Sydney Film Festival put such a big blockbuster in the festival because you know yeah we like arts films and uh, independent stuff but Nothing beats a blockbuster, in my opinion, you know. I'm just going <laughs> to totally enjoy myself. And another film that I'm really keen on because the director is uh, The Power of the Dog by uh, Jane Campion. I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. So this year, though, I have to be a bit more strategic because of the seating arrangements and the limited capacity. So I haven't used my flexi pass yet. But I should actually do that because things are getting sold out and I don't want to miss out. Uh, so, yeah, so I should probably change my strategy not to just walk in. Uh, you can't do that anymore. You just can't walk in anymore. Yeah, that pressure of a sold-out session yeah. is up at night. <laughs> Dustin, you are in a unique position in that you know the full schedule before any of us do you know exactly when each session's starting when it's finishing how do you book your film i have like a whole meticulous process i like weigh up the pros and cons of like every decision i'm like trying to maximize everything that i can possibly like gain from the experience because obviously uh being quite close in the with the programming team i see a lot of things kind of in advance Um, And then there's a lot of things that I get excited for that I don't get the opportunity to see before the festival. So there's a lot of films that I know are not with local distributors. So they become the priority films for me to go and see because uh, I know that it's the only chance that I'll have that, that opportunity to see it. So it's kind of placing those ones wherever they are and then seeing the ripple effect of okay, if I'm prioritising that, it means I can't see, you know, da-da-da at another time, which means I have to see it in the second session on the other day. And it's a weird puzzle system from there. And it all happens even before the program is launched. I'm going through that process. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I miss that, actually, working at Sydney Film Festival and, like, in the office knowing the schedule ahead of time. But I don't know about you, but it just adds a little bit of extra pressure because you're armed with all this information and, like, you don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, that's why I just spend, like, so much time trying to 
trying to work it out. And there's even more pressure now with COVID that, yeah, you kind of have to book your seats and there's limited mm. capacities and it's not general admission either. So you have to plan a bit more in advance because, like, I'll have, like, key films that I'm going to buy tickets for and, like, book in and then there's, like, options one, two, and three a bit closer where it's like, all right, if option one sold out, then I might meander to two or to three and I kind of keep it all flexible because obviously during the festival I'm working a lot. So mm. there's never a guarantee that I can go see the things that I want to. So it's having to be flexible at the same time. That's it. So um, given that, you know, each of us focuses on a particular part of the program, you're bound to have a favourite film from among that selection. And I'm going to ask you the very difficult question of naming that favourite. So I'm going to start with you, Paul, actually. Do you have a favourite of the short films? I'm going to cheat here. It's very uh, unfair to pick one from all the 10 amazing short films that we have because uh, this year's selection was very... Uh, very tremendous, actually, uh, because we got that 10 from 330 films. So to pick one is uh, almost near to impossible. We'll just let the audience be the judge of that. But I will say the longest film on the lineup is called Lifeblood. Uh, and uh, it just has the most like amazing animation. Like it, it looks very rich. The visuals are very rich. And then on the other hand, you have quirky imagery from off the rails and then uh, we have a good balance of documentary drama and also comedy but uh on the other hand besides the dandy was the one other short film that i am looking forward to is called five tigers or five tiger yeah that's a short film that i'm looking forward to which is going to be featured with uh morphe the feature film felix who's your favorite child well melba actually we do a lot of work together and I'd like to know what your favourite child is in the program. I'm going to throw it back at you. Oh, well, thanks for that one. Look, I can't deny it. It's got to be Zola. It's one of my favourite films in the program. Definitely one of my favourite films of the last year. We're really hoping that we could show it to everyone in a theatre setting. It's like this. It's crazy wild ride. Janixa Bravo is an amazing filmmaker. And for everyone booking into the state, you'll have a special little treat. So book those tickets before they sell out. But, yeah, it's this, it's this amazing time capsule. The writing is incredible. The performances are out of this world. And just the social commentary is something that's done in a way that's not heavy or, you know, too on the nose. It's subtle and it's it's more a show than a tell. And I really, I really love that about it. Great soundtrack, beautifully shot by Ari Wagner, who's an Australian cinematographer. Lots to look forward to mm, in that one. Definitely. I should have acted like it was a harder question to answer than <laughs> it was. But. Hey, these things happen. Well, yeah. look, for me, uh, you know, I absolutely love uh, James Vaughan's film Friend and Strangers, and I'm so glad that we're going to be able to show that one as well. Um, I think that's a really, really incredible film by a lot of incredible Australian filmmakers and creatives um on their own dime as well it's a really really special film and i'm excited to see that with an audience and also look i'm going to give a special plug to el planeta el planeta is so good planeta. i love el planeta but yeah that's <laughs> it for me i'll go with james's movie all right justin you knew the full program for a long time <laughs> i guess like one of my picks is uh moffy which 
Speaking of a long mm -hmm. time, this has been in the pipeline for a long time for us as well. This movie premiered in Venice 2019. Wow. Only now are we finally, finally getting it to audiences. Uh, it's a very beautiful South African love story. It's based off of a memoir as well. In equal parts, being like a romance film, it also feels a lot like Full Metal Jacket um, and even has like a weird kind of Top Gun-esque volleyball scene. It's it's balancing a lot of heavy themes, but then a lot of sweetness um, and sensitivity at the same time. And the lead actor, he's just so beautiful. Oh my goodness, could look at him for hours. Uh, and you do that, you do that in this movie. Uh, so I think Moffy, Moffy is definitely one of my favourites. Well, don't see how anyone could pass that <laughs> up. Okay, Claire, lucky last. <laughs> I think yeah, it's, it's it's quite easy as well. Like my favorite um, is Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy by Ryosuke Hamaguchi, who also has a three-hour movie in the festival separately. Could drive my car, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I I thought like it was just like a very like it's three films in one because it's three like short vignettes and they're all about kind of like a strange coincidence that like connects the two or three main characters in each short. And um, yeah, I thought. The, the it's like really like compelling from a writing standpoint like in each like scene like each twist and turn like you wonder like where the conversation is going to go and always go somewhere really unexpected and the last short is like shot during COVID in Tokyo and it was like really like not like corny or in your face at all it was just like it was just like a really nice atmosphere and like a, a great interplay between these two women and like yeah I just thought it was like this really magical weirdly melancholy really interesting characters and performances and that was really carried by the writing as well and um yeah I thought it was really special um, and special shout out to Pleasure which is like I think so bold and like so enjoyable to watch as well and like really illuminating about the porn industry in LA in a way that's like not like judgmental or like sensationalist so yeah those are my picks <laughs> very nice indeed I think we've just helped anyone with a flexi 10 fill their slots <laughs> You'll have a good time if you listen to us. <laughs> and maybe to finish, why don't we go around and give our festival hack? Like, what's that shortcut between venues? What's the best way to queue up for a session? The best meals, news, like the way to kind of navigate the festival. What are your hacks? Felix, I know you've got a few. <laughs> I've got way too many lists. <laughs> um there's really good ramen around the corner from uh, George Street uh, Cinemas in the arcade next to the KFC. I think you can get a bowl for about $5.50. Uh, so I definitely recommend that. And it might be a bit tricky with COVID, but I have always had a lot of fun talking to people in line around me, strangers, because there's a lot of film fans out there and they're seeing a lot of similar stuff. So if you're wondering about good films to see towards the end of the festival, I'm going to be COVID safe here. I'm going to say follow the uh, Sydney Film Festival hashtags on Twitter and have a look at what's getting a bit of buzz because if you're having a bit of difficulty picking something out, there's always something you've missed in the program that someone's going to have a really big gush about on Twitter. So they're my hacks. Cheap ramen, follow the hashtag. Yeah, that hashtag one's a good one because usually like films are repeated. So if you're not sure about something, wait until after its first screening and then look at the reviews and then commit to it. For yeah. its screening? 100%. And this year with the um with the on-demand element as well, running a week after mm. the festival, 
I can already tell you there's a couple of really good flicks in there that I think mm. people are going to lose their minds about when they see it. So you'll be able to catch them in the 10 days after. Just check the hashtag. Someone will post about it for sure. Do you have one, Paul? Oh, I think the only hack that I can give is just like really good practical advice to film viewing etiquette. So try to arrive early. <laughs> uh, and if you happen to have like popcorn or whatever uh, or chips and you plan to eat that in the cinema, try to open the bag before the film starts. <laughs> you know, there's nothing worse than that plastic sound. Like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. That's really annoying. So don't do that. Uh, you know, don't be on your phone when the movie is playing. That's very rude. And uh, I know I'm sounding really mean, but this is just the rules, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, just like try to arrive early and have a good time and and no spoilers, you know. It's so, like when you when you come out of something, even when you're doing the reviews, like do not give too much away. Yeah, so that's all I have to say about that. That's a good one. Yeah. Do you have a hat, Claire? Yeah, I don't know. I usually like I usually hang out in Kunakunya until like my session, get a haircut before the screening. <laughs> There's like a nice hairdresser <laughs> there too, like in in the galleries. So <laughs> yeah, um, my, I guess my hack is like I usually go on Letterbox to like check out the movie if it's like a random movie that um, I don't really know much about. Um, Letterbox is a good film app where people have like interesting thoughts. So, yeah, I usually check it out there. Mm, cool. Justin? I think, like, my hack is maybe, like, a lot of people don't know this, but I know this because it's my job, is the all the trailers or, like, ads or slides and stuff that, like, plays at the beginning of the session. A lot of people, I think, are used to general cinemas having, like, 15, 20 minutes of trailers and stuff playing beforehand, and then they rock up and the film has already started in the festival. And that's because we have like a strict five-minute maximum of pre-roll content playing before every film. So if you're like, oh, I've got like a 10-minute buffer to reach that session, that ain't going to cut it. You're going to miss the start of that movie. Don't do it. <laughs> You've got to be tight. You've got to be on it. That's a good one. Yeah. Nothing worse than people climbing over you to get to their seat once the film exactly starts. exactly and another one is like like i was saying before it's like good to know what films are, are with local distributors and what are the films that are like really great gems that you might not ever have a chance to see again a lot of those like international distributors a lot of their titles are going on our on-demand streaming as well so if you miss them in festival, you can still catch them the days after the festival. Yeah, that's a good one. My one's a very practical tip. It's when it's raining because often like the festival, you know, normally it runs during winter, but who knows what, you know, global warming has in store this year. But if you want to stay underground as much as possible, if you're going from like event cinemas to the state, if you go down through the train station and come out through galleries, you'll stay dry the whole way. It's very good. That's good, good to know. Well, that's that's everything. I mean, I think we're pretty ready to um, to hit the festival now. We know what we're going to see. We know how we're going to do it. I'll see you at the cinemas. We'll see you there. Catch you in the movies, everyone. Come say hi. Yeah, please do. We'll all get together and have $5 ramen. Yes. <laughs> that's a yes. great point. That's good. <laughs> Now I'm craving ramen. Can't turn down ramen. You've been listening to Keeping It Real with Sydney Film Festival. Thanks for tuning in. 
If you'd like to find out more about any of our films or buy tickets, head to sff.org.au and I'll see you at the movies.